0: Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome to Hemology. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Marshall Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee, now, thank you for joining us. Our hymn of study today is Who at My Door is Standing, a song written by M.B.C. Slade and A.B. Everett, a song of invitation. It's a song that that um, I've been singing all of my life, and you probably have too, uh, but it's one that we are, are very familiar with, one that we use quite often in the Churches of Christ. As we look at our history and context, as we look at this song, Mary Bridges Kennedy Slade was born in Fall River, Massachusetts in 1826 and also died there in 1882. She married a minister, also in Fall River, and she lived her entire life there. She was a schoolteacher and also assistant editor of the New England Journal of Education. She wrote the words to a number of hymns. Uh, Songs that we are familiar with include The Kingdom is Spreading. I believe it was originally written as The Kingdom is Coming. Hark the gentle voice. Footprints of Jesus. There's a fountain free. Beyond this land of parting. And who at my door is standing. The music was written by A.B. Everett. Asa Brooks Everett was born in Virginia in 1828 and died near Nashville, Tennessee, Davidson County, September 1875. He studied to be a physician, but gave up his studies for a career in music. In some of the older songbooks Uh, Attribution is made to Dr. A.B. Everett, but from what I can gather, I don't think that he ever actually became a doctor as he gave up that career. In pursuit of music, however, he studied with his brother, L.C., for four years in Leipzig, Germany. Everett edited a number of hymnals, the most popular of them being The Scepter, compiled with his brother, Benjamin, in 1871 for the Bigelow and Main Company. His works include writing the music for the songs previously mentioned. The songs that were written by Mrs. Slade, he also wrote the music to. And as far as I am aware, every one of those songs he wrote the music to. The words were written to this song in 1875, and published in 1876 in R.M. McIntosh's Good News in Boston. The music was written for these lyrics shortly after, and both were published together eventually. The official tune name is Thura, T-H-U-R-A, which is Greek for door, and so it has significance there. In citing my sources, Hymns and History is a book that I use quite often. It is edited by Forrest M. McCann, published by ACU Press in Abilene, Texas, in 1997. And there are also a couple of websites that I use. One is hymnstudiesblog.wordpress.com, and also Hymnary. Dot org, and both of these are great sources of information. Especially Hymnary will give you pictures of the original publishings of the song, and Hymn Studies blog. A lot of the scriptures that I use come from that. It goes through each and every song and really gives you a good understanding of the meaning. So put together. You have a good, wholesome view of each song. But as we look at this song in particular, as we look at its meaning and how we should take it and apply it to our lives, we understand that this song depicts Jesus standing at the door of one's heart, knocking and waiting for the door to be opened something that you might look into, there is a painting painted by William Holman Hunt. In 18, He lived in 1827 until 1910. This painting, though, was painted 1851 to 1853. So it was within the lifetime of Mrs. Slade, and it is possible that she may have seen this painting. Maybe it inspired her in writing the words to the song. Maybe it didn't. Uh, From what I could tell, there's no direct uh, linkage between the painting and the song. Uh, But it is interesting. And, And this painting is a painting of Jesus. He is standing in outer darkness. He is holding a lantern and he is knocking at a door. But one thing significant about the painting is that the door has no doorknob. And for very good reason. The door he is knocking on must be opened from the inside. Again, I don't know that there's any direct uh, link to the song and the lyrics, but but I do think it's interesting when you put the two together, uh, that both have the same theme and the same basic idea in mind. Again, this is a song of encouragement, a song of invitation that no one should delay opening the door to Jesus. And certainly, we desire that anyone desiring to become a Christian, not delay, not wait too long, but recognize the importance of opening the door. As we look at the lyrics, we begin with stanza one. Who at my door is standing, patiently drawing near Entrance within demanding, Whose is the voice I hear? I am more familiar with who at the door is standing, but the original word is actually my, who at my door is standing, and I like that. I like the the idea of this being a personal thing, a personal thought, who at my door is standing. It makes it a, a more personal song but the door pictured in the lyrics is one of opportunity an opportunity for jesus to dwell in each of our hearts ephesians 3 verses 14 through 19 for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Opportunity. A door of opportunity that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you may be able to comprehend the love of God. This can only be done if we open the door. We also must recognize that it is he, it is Jesus who is pleading with us to answer his call. His call is an invitation to bear his yoke, and to rest. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Stanza 2. This is a stanza that is not found in all the songbooks. As a matter of fact, I am not as familiar with this stanza as I am stanza three. I think that one is used in more of the songbooks. But lonely without he's staying. Lonely within am I. While I am still delaying, will he not pass me by? Jesus desires fellowship with each of us. 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. We desire fellowship with one another, with brothers and sisters in Christ. But in so doing, we are looking to have fellowship with God the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Listen to the prayer of Jesus, what can truly be defined as the Lord's Prayer, in John 17, verses 20 through 26. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Verse 23, I and them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me Jesus desires to be within us. He desires fellowship with us. But it can only be granted if we are willing to open the door. Lonely without who's staying. But lonely within am I. Lonely are we who are without Christ. Ephesians 2 Verses 11 through 13, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He shed his blood that we could be drawn to him. But for those who are without Christ, we find ourselves lonely within. The last line of stanza two has been changed. First in Sacred Selections for the Church. And later, also, in hymns for worship, revised the the book that we use other books use stanza three instead, but as we look at the the end of stanza two, the last couple of lines, the original while I am still delaying, will he not pass me by an alternate line that is given in sacred selections and hymns for worship. While I am still delaying, I am condemned to die. And the reason for the the word change is that the the one who compiled the Sacred Selections book uh, apparently had an objection to the idea of being passed by. The idea that Christ might pass us by. And similarly, he also changed the words to the song, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. But as we look at the, the true meaning here of will he not pass me by, it is that while we are delaying our obedience and or repentance, it is possible for us to miss salvation altogether, whether due to Christ's return or a sudden unexpected death. Christ and his offered salvation may indeed pass us by, leaving us to suffer the consequences of our disobedience. Proverbs 1, verses 28 through 33. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way, and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely, and will be secure without fear of evil. In Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, referencing judgment and the return of Christ, he says in Second Thessalonians 1, verses 8 through 10, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes in that day to be glorified in His saints and to, to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony Among you was believed. Of this great and final day, Jesus himself says in Matthew 24, verses 36 and 42, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. We do not know when Jesus' return will be. And so we must be ready, because if we delay too long, it may come in a day that we're not expecting it, and we must be prepared, we must be ready for his return. Stanza three, the one that I am more familiar with. All through the dark hours dreary, knocking again as he, Jesus, art thou not weary, waiting So long for me. Sin leaves us in darkness. In the painting, Jesus was in darkness. Well, sin leaves us in darkness. John 3, verses 19 and 20. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, the light of Christ. And men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Jesus' continued knocking represents the call of the gospel, always available for us to listen and to respond, and Jesus is patiently waiting, continuing to knock until we do respond. In Second Peter chapter 3, Verses 1 through 9. It refers to, in verse 3, scoffers who will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. These scoffers, that they, they, they try to say that, that because there is a delay that, that maybe Jesus doesn't exist, that maybe he has forgotten, and really they are the ones that have forgotten. But in verse 8, but beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but his long-suffering is patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, because He delays his coming does not mean that he is not coming; it doesn't mean that he is forgotten or even that he doesn't exist, but there is reason behind a delay of his coming, and that is the repentance of those who are lost. The ability of those who are lost to repent, to turn away from their sins, and to offer themselves to Christ, to let him in, to open that door. Stanza four. This is the, the response of an individual to this invitation. Door of my heart I hasten. Thee will I open wide. Though he rebuke and chasten, he shall with me abide. First of all, the door is opened when we obey the gospel. Door of my heart I hasten. When we obey the gospel, we are opening the door. Hebrews 5 verses 8 and 9. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And why must we hasten? Why must we hurry? Because today is the day of salvation. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation we hurry because we want to be ready when jesus comes we do not know the day or hour when that will happen or what may take us from this life but we do know that we must be prepared and so we hasten to do so Door of my heart I hasten. Thee will I open wide. Though he rebuke and chasten, he shall with me abide. We read of the the chastening, the discipline of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. If we are sons of God, if we are children of God, then we will be chastened. It's not something that we fear, but it is something that we welcome because we know that it helps us to grow. It helps us to be more of what God wants us to be. And in all of this, Christ will indeed abide with those who let him in. John 14 and verse 23 Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The chorus of the song, sweetly the tones are falling. Open the door for me, if thou wilt heed my calling. I will abide with thee. Jesus' final appeal to the lukewarm church of the Laodiceans is this. Revelation 3, verses 20 through 22. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To this lukewarm church, to the church that was neither hot nor cold, but he would rather them be one or the other. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He gives them opportunity. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. They were given the invitation. As we are given the same invitation to come. Christ, to open the door to Christ, to let him into our lives, that he may dwell within us, that he may have fellowship with us. But we must open the door. He's not going to open it unless we want it opened, unless we open it for him. Who at my door is standing? patiently drawing near, entrance within demanding. Whose is the voice I hear? It is the voice of Christ, imploring us to open the door. Maybe you hear the knocking at the door. Maybe it is that you haven't opened. And If there is any way that we can assist you in opening that door, whether it be through study or to help you obey the gospel, We want to help you if you'll contact us and let us know. I look forward to being with you next Tuesday at 11 a.m., Lord willing, as we study another hymn together. I thank you for being with me today. And until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.